Hello, and welcome to Talk D93, Community Consolidated School District 93's podcast, hosted by me, Superintendent Dr. David Hill. In it, I sit down from time to time with key figures who impact our district to have discussions about specific CCSD 93 programs, services, roles, events, history, and more. Today is the first in a series of podcasts about school safety in CCSD 93. While we're tasked with educating our community's children, our first and foremost priority is the safety of students, staff, and everyone within our buildings. And today we're talking about just that, building safety. This includes the ways our schools are designed, our relationships with our community's first responders, and the procedures, protocols, and drills we have in place. I'm pleased to be joined today by Mrs. Joy Sebastian, who previously served as Western Trails Principal and now is CCSD 93's Human Resources Generalist in charge of leading our district-wide crisis committee. She's a wealth of knowledge on this topic. Welcome, Mrs. Sebastian. Thank you, Dr. Hill. I'm very pleased to be here and talk uh, with you today about school safety. It's nice to have you here. So we'll sort of bounce around the areas I mentioned a moment ago. Let's start with our building layout and entrance procedures. In my previous role in our business office and now as superintendent, I've had the pleasure of working with our architects and school design committees as we've set about designing or remodeling the front entrance of each school to increase student safety. We have been really intentional about limiting guest access to the building and establishing multiple checkpoints before entry is allowed. We have strategically placed cameras throughout the exterior of our schools to monitor visitors before they enter. Of course, All external doors are kept closed and locked, and guests must enter through the school's main entrance. They're required to state their name and purpose of visit through an intercom and video system that feeds either to a security guard or to the office, depending on the building and its layout. If the security guard or office determines that the visitor meets our established criteria for being allowed into the building, guests are granted access to a secure vestibule at the front of each of our buildings. Ms. Sebastian, Can you walk us through what happens from there? Sure, I'd be happy to. So once a visitor is in the vestibule, uh, they are not able to gain entry into our building without first checking into our visitor management system. Now that system is great because it scans databases, including sex offender lists, from all 50 states. Once the visitor clears our visitor management system, they are issued a badge with their name and their image on the badge and directed to the appropriate space within the building. They're also given visitor lanyard that they'll wear around their neck to display the badge. I know how difficult that is because I've had to go through the raptor management system as well. What's the purpose of the badge and the lanyard? I'm glad you asked. Students and staff are trained to look for that visitor badge and lanyard. A person belongs in our building if they're wearing that lanyard. If they don't see that lanyard and visitor badge, if it's a teacher and they they're able to, they'll escort that visitor back to the main office. If not, they'll call the main office to have an administrator come and find the visitor and escort them back to make sure they're checked in. Students will do the same. They'll talk to their teacher and say, I see someone in the building. You know, they're not wearing a lanyard. I've seen that happen often, which is great that they're trained to do that. And then we will go and get them and make sure that they've checked in. Right. That's good to know that our students and our staff are looking to make sure everyone has a lanyard on. So we've covered building layout. Can you give me a bit more about how we prepare our students and staff for potential emergency situations? Absolutely. So even every day in the building, we always make sure that our, our classroom doors are closed um, and we're, the windows are closed and we're keeping 
our students safe. But in addition to that, we have several measures. We have a district crisis committee. We meet on a regular basis, and all the building administrators come to that. We talk about do drills, different plans, procedures, you know, potential cases and scenarios. What should we do if this would happen? And then in addition to the district-level committee, we also have building-level crisis committees in all of our schools. So there's a group of administrators and teachers that serve on that committee to talk about the same types of things. They take that information back to staff. At staff meetings, we review um, our drills, our schedules, and our procedures throughout the entire year. So I know we do an annual review of plans with village police and fire departments to ensure that we're all kind of on the same page. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the plans or drills without giving out any confidential information that we want to keep to ourselves? Oh, of course. You're right. We do every year at the beginning of the school year, we get together building administrators and representatives from our village police departments and fire departments get together, and we look at our plans. They review our plans, go over them. They look for any gaps or any changes that might be made, and they give us suggestions. And from there, if there's any way we can improve them, we adopt those, that information and those suggestions from our first responders. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Anything else? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And then we also, um, we have various drills and plans that we we practice. We do that on a regular basis every year. Our students are used to it. Our teachers are used to it. Some of the drills are like the evacuation drill, let's say for a fire. You know, where uh, students know how to quickly exit the building and get outside. We we take attendance. We make sure that we accounted for everybody. We don't want to ever leave anyone in the building. We do drills and we practice for things like tornado or even earthquakes, uh, bus evacuation, how to get off a bus safely if we're on a field trip or we take a bus to and from school. And we also practice our uh, run, height fight drill, and that's for if there was an intruder in the building. Obviously, practice is very important for if, God forbid, we had a real thing we had to deal with. Um, some of these drills, especially run, hide, fight, seem like they could, you know, it's a lot for some students and staff to process and prepare for. Can you speak to what that experience can be like for them? Sure. It does seem like a lot, but we do practice. It's a regular regular habit that we have built. We teach our students just like we practice our math problems, just like we practice reading. You know, um, every year we start off our, our school year practicing our PBIS behavior expectations, and we review those throughout the year. So practicing for drills and practicing what to do in the event that something may happen is just commonplace for us. Our teachers go through um, the drills and the procedures. Sometimes we create student-friendly videos for them to watch. And we look at, you know, different ways to quickly exit the building or, you know, um, how to, you know, places to hide if we're going to be quiet. And I think our students feel very comfortable with their teachers and we make them feel comfortable. And it's just like a regular school day. We practice to be safe. We certainly want to maintain safety. Earlier, we mentioned our amazing local fire and police departments being involved in reviewing the plans and being on site while practicing them. From your experience, how have they been to work with? They've been wonderful. They've given us some great suggestions. They come out. We, we invite them every year in the in, in the fall to come out and observe us practicing our run, hide, fight drills as well as our fire evacuation drills. They come out. They give us. They critique us. They give us feedback. They um, sit down with us and talk about how we did and how we can improve. I was um, had the privilege of being invited to Elsie Johnson School by the Hanover Park Police Department, and I was able to walk the school with one of our Hanover Park Police officers. And she was so impressed by our students. They did such an outstanding job. They were quiet. All the doors were locked. There was really no negative feedback that we got. Hanover Park uh, does these walkthroughs in 
three different school districts, and they said by far we were the most prepared, and our students did a fantastic job. So it just goes to show you that we are preparing our students. They, they know what to do, and it's kind of second nature. So I was very proud of them. That's wonderful to hear. We certainly are grateful for our terrific and collaborative partnerships with our local fire and police departments. And I'm so very appreciative that you have taken the time to help talk through building safety with me for our listeners. Thank you very much for joining me, Ms. Sebastian. Thank you very much for having me. Talk D93 listeners, please subscribe to Talk D93 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And don't miss a thing from CCS93 by following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also find me on Twitter at drhilld93. Join us next time for more from CCSD93. Thank you.